Welcome to PA Centered, a podcast designed to help listeners be a part of the solution to end sexual harassment, abuse, and assault. Each episode, we will take on a topic or current event to help spark conversation and break down barriers to building communities free from sexual violence. I'm Jackie Strom, the Prevention and Resource Coordinator at the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Rape. I'll be your host today as we're joined by Sarah McPherson, Program Manager at End Rape on Campus, or EROC, to learn about some of their new projects. Sarah has been working in violence prevention for seven years since getting her Master's of Social Work from Baylor University in 2014. After working in the community in Central Texas and in Title IX at Baylor, she moved back to Central PA and worked at the local DVSA center, Center Safe, for three years before joining EROC in May. She also teaches for Baylor's online master social work program. She lives in State College with her two kids, two cats, one dog, and many houseplants. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Jackie. I'm happy to be here. So I've been lucky enough to work with you for the last couple of years when you were working at Center Safe in State College, Pennsylvania. And I know that me and other folks are just so excited that you are able to take your talents to EROC. And so I'm wondering to get us started, if you could just tell us a bit about how End Rape on Campus got started and what you are all up to now. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's been interesting as, you know, Iraq was formed in 2013 um, as a survivor advo- advocacy and action organization. And this is also pretty close to the time when I started working in the violence prevention movement as well in Central Texas. So my path and timeline has kind of interestingly come alongside that with Iraq. And now I'm working here. Um, but yeah, in, in 2013, they along with other organizations started the hashtag ED Act Now, which is um, Department of Education, urging the Department of Ed to enforce the Dear Colleague letter of 2011, which was the letter to colleges aimed to clarify school's role and responsibility under Title IX to prevent and respond to sexual assault on their campuses. Um, And so at their beginnings, EWOC was really aimed to help students directly file complaints to the Department of Ed. Um, And it also led to the Obama administration to take some action and issuing another Dear Colleague letter in 2014. Um, So yeah, at its founding, EWOC was really an advocacy organization, really dedicated to supporting and uplifting survivors. The aim was to help survivors directly and to shed light on the pandemic that is campus sexual assault. Um, Folks will also remember, hopefully, the documentary The Hunting Ground, which featured the founders of Enrape on Campus. That was out in 2015, and it really opened up a lot of awareness for campus sexual assault and things like institutional betrayal and harm for survivors that goes beyond the assault itself. So Iraq gained a lot of attention from that. Fast forward a little bit to the previous administration and Betsy DeVos as the head of the Department of Ed and rescinding the Dear Colleague letters and ultimately making changes to Title IX that ultimately harm survivors across the country. So Iraq again, was there advocating against those changes, 
um, Iraq went through some leadership changes and of course the COVID pandemic hits, um, Iraq becomes a part of Civic Nation, which is this hub organization um, that houses several initiatives, including It's On Us and um, United State of Women, Made to Save. Um, and that was just last year. So we've gone through some changes and, and growth and shifts and, um, you know, thinking where, what are we up to now? Um, I think Iraq's having a little bit of a reintroduction to the world and the movement. Um, survivors are and always will be at the core and heart of what we do. Um, but we're not as much like providing that direct support and helping students file with the Department of Ed, but have shifted to providing some different programming and focusing on our Centering the Margins framework that I know we'll talk about, continuing our advocacy and attempts to, you know, hold folks in power accountable. And, you know, recently, along with a handful of our partner organizations, we brought back that hashtag um, to, uh, in light of the change of the administration, and again with Biden and Harris, students returning to school this fall, um, entering into this double red zone when most campus sexual assaults occur. Um, but we're asking the Department of Education, you know, once again to, to act now instead of later next spring, which was kind of their current timeline. Um, to change the policies of the past administration and issue clear and strong guidance that centers survivors um, to schools so that, you know, they have an idea of what their job is to for survivors on campuses. So we have that petition going going on right now and voting, inviting folks to um, go to edactnow.org and tell the U.S. Department of Education that survivors can't wait for these changes. So. Yeah, that's all really exciting. Um, and sounds like the organization has accomplished so much in less than a decade. Yeah, um, they've done a lot. And I'm excited to be a part of, you know, moving forward in, in our future. Absolutely. So you mentioned the Centering the Margins framework that you all use. Yes. And could you tell us more about that and how it really guides the work mm -hmm. that you all do? Yeah, so, and this is one of the things that really drew me to working with Iraq. Um, Centering the Margins is all about bringing to the forefront and to the center survivors who have typically been at the margins of the movement, um, as they've been historically and systematically marginalized. So we're thinking survivors of color, LGBTQ plus folks, immigrants, refugees, folks with disabilities and who are neurodiverse, incarcerated, formerly incarcerated folks, um, you know, and more, um, anyone who's been marginalized and, and typically not had their voice heard um, in the movement, outside of the movement. With this, we're also trying to focus more on centering marginalized uh, institutions as well. So um, historically black colleges and universities, Hispanic serving institutions, tribal colleges and universities, um, because we know that addressing campus sexual assault looks different in these places and for folks in these communities than at predominantly white institutions um, that a lot of programs more cater to. So, you know, we know, certainly, you know, Jackie, the, the movement has always been 
tied to civil rights. And we know that movements against oppression have often been led by black women and women of color. Um, though a lot of times the records of and the stories told in the movement don't always reflect that. Um, but Iraq is now led by two women of color, our executive director, Inura Parham, and myself. And we really want everything we do to be led and guided by this idea, this framework. It's not, you know, Centering the Margins is not its own specific program, but it's the building block of the work that we do and our approach to addressing campus sexual assault. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's such an important framework and one that I really wish more more organizations would be utilizing. Yeah, and I think, you know, in, in the movement and certainly things I've done with PCAR and at Center Safe before, we've been talking about these things, about the roots of oppression and how in order to end sexual violence and relationship violence, you have to work at addressing all of the, the isms and taking an intersectional approach to this work. And so really it's about at Iraq, we're thinking let's lead with that. Let's have that guide everything we do instead of being kind of a, an add-on to something we're thinking about. In addition to ending sexual violence, it's all at the forefront for us because for survivors at the margins, it is. You can't undo that thread that connects it, so. Yeah. I think I'm reflecting on, you know, conversations we may have had in the past or, um, you know, in Pennsylvania. And I think there is starting to be a push to really make sure that folks are using a framework like this. There's been lots of conversations, but I definitely want to encourage folks to take that next step of action and really leading um, the way that we say we want to be. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully folks can learn a lot from how Iraq is doing it. Um, and, trying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, take that initiative because it yeah. it's so important. Mm -hmm. So I know that you have a couple really cool projects happening right now. And I want to start by talking about the speaker series that you recently launched. Yes. So... Again, I've come in as program manager and jumping into launching the programs. Um, and we launched our speaker series. So in line with the Centering the Margins framework, we have to ask, you know, who are the voices being heard in the movement? Who are the voices being listened to um, in the last, again, seven to 10 years um, since Title IX and campus sexual assault have really become such a big focus for schools and communities? You see, you know, a lot of mandatory trainings and presentations and all kinds of learning opportunities happening across the country, which is really great and something I don't remember happening when I was in undergrad. Um, but we, we also want to make sure that it's not just about checking a box um, and that we are creating and, and making these opportunities to engage with campuses and communities about these issues in more of a transformational and intersectional experience. So our speaker series essentially connects skilled trainers, presenters, activists to campuses and communities um, look, looking to learn more about relationship violence um, and even more broadly than campuses, you know, campus assault specifically. But we've got six incredible speakers who 
have a wealth of experience, both personally and professionally, um, that we're hoping to to get out there to um, educate and train folks. Um, between the six of them, they cover like a wide variety of topics from sexual assault prevention, consent, survivorship, self-care, trauma, assault in the LGBTQ plus community, domestic violence, Title IX, a lot of different things. Um, and so, yeah, we launched that and essentially are welcoming inquiries in and folks who want to bring any of our speakers to your campus or your community um, to be able to work with you to put together a great program. It sounds like it could be really customized based on what universities and colleges need. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll be the, the main contact and happy to kind of find out what you need, what your audience is, what you're looking for. Um, and be able to match you with, you know, the speaker who works works best for that need. And um, all of our speakers are awesome. Um, just getting to know them myself. And if you follow us on social media, they've been doing some takeovers to introduce themselves. And we're hoping to put together a video to put out there also, so that um, the world can get to to know them and just really want to bring them to. To speak with you all. I love that you said it's more about than just checking a box. And I really hope that universities and colleges will lean into that idea um, and be able to, you know, maybe this is a jumping off point for them. Um, but I know you have some other projects too, where that we can talk about, um, where maybe students and survivors will be able to get involved. But first, uh, before we get into that project, I know there's also a campus accountability map and tool in the works. And I would love for folks to hear more about that really exciting idea. Yeah, so this along with the speaker series have been projects of EROC that have been in the works for a number of years and are coming to fruition now, which is exciting. Um, but, you know, information is power. I think that's been true in my life personally, professionally. And we've seen that um, the power in shedding light and bringing facts and information to the to the front of the room has on creating real change in this movement and in most things. So the campus accountability map and tool is about transparency and information. So it's essentially an online tool that allows anybody to go on and view in-depth information about a school or institution's sexual assault investigation policies, their prevention efforts, um, their of the support that they have available to survivors and resources, as well as other like high-level statistics on definitions, trainings, sanctions, investigations. Um, so it's really meant to house, you know, in one 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 place all the information that someone might have. Um, looking to to get about a campus and a school in relation to Title IX practice. Um, the map also allows users to compare and contrast the metrics and data between schools to gain a better understanding of what you know these policies and practice looks like across the, the country. Um, all with hopefully what what will be to folks um, a user friendly you know format and interface. Um, so it's really intended as a resource for survivors, yes, and also for 
you know, we could see prospective um, college students and their families looking to use it as another source of information when they're making decisions about schools or being better informed coming in, you know, to the fall um, to campus, just to know what resources are out there um, and what's going on um, at, at their school. I can see that being so incredibly helpful for definitely the two reasons you mentioned. I think um, if folks don't know where to turn or who to get help from on their campus or university, even though that information is supposed to be readily yeah. available for folks to access, it sounds like this hub will make it easy for folks to find resources to help um, themselves or their friends and family members. Um mm-hmm. But also, I love the idea of it being used to help people make decisions about where they want to study. And um, I think might help parents and caregivers also feel a little bit better about knowing what resources might be available. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot more people are thinking about these things when they're deciding on what school they want to go to, thinking about safety in all aspects. And um, hopefully by having kind of an outside source, we know schools have to offer up their Cleary reports and and data on number of assaults and things like that. But um, hopefully having, again, a a useful tool um, that's put out by like an outside organization um, will be helpful. Um, and, you know, I can imagine alumni or current students using it as well to hold their schools accountable. Uh, maybe policymakers as well, or other folks in the movement might be able to use it, you know, use the map to show representatives data and information um, and to create like a, a full picture of what's going on um, across the country. Yeah, I know the numbers that have to be reported. Um, Sometimes Mm -hmm. there are issues with that of, you know, history of places not actually giving the full picture because they kind of make up their own rules of what's like on campus or off campus or that kind of stuff. And I'm wondering if there are any plans um, to address that using this tool. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure. We're currently... Um, having a group of volunteers work with us and gathering all of the information that will be inputted and show up on on the website when it's launching, which we're hoping will be this fall in October. Um, so I've seen some of the like the images of what the web page and websites will look like, and it looks really awesome. Lots of information on there. So we're we're excited i'm sure there'll be you know things we can adapt and and edit as as we get feedback from folks but we're excited i will be so excited to see this community map when it's available and so just want to remind folks um, we're going to be linking to all of erock social media and so if you want to follow them to stay up to date or sign up for their um, emails and newsletters you can make sure you'll be one of the first folks to know um, when that map is available All right. And then something else I would love for us to talk about is the Student Survivor Caucus that you have been planning. Yes. So this has gone through a couple of name changes. I think we're settled on Student Survivor Caucus. Um, But this will be launching this fall, fingers crossed, September 1st. Um, And 
The Student Survivor Caucus will be a group of 25 student survivors from across the country who will be joining together, meeting twice a month to learn together about advocacy, policy, you know, support one another in a trauma-informed space, and really try to come up with the next big thing in addressing campus sexual assault. Um, and again, this is in that centering the margins framework. And so we really hope to have student survivors um, from marginalized identities or campuses as well. Um, and in thinking about the program, you know, we think about there was a time before Title IX, there was a time before Cleary, a time before Iraq, a time before the 15th Amendment, a time before all of the policies and practice that have gotten us where we're at today. And we're always, there's always more improvements we can make. Um, so we want to ex explore with an intersectional centering the margins lens, like what are we before right now? So what is the, the policy or the prevention strategy or advocacy approach that is going to really create change for survivors and particularly survivors at the margins? Um, and we think that to figure that out, you have to empower and involve, involve and work alongside survivors directly. Um, and that it's not just about, you know, us wanting to be able to speak for them. It's about listening to them and um, providing spaces and platforms for their voices and ideas to be heard. And um, with the platform that Iraq has, thinking we can pull together some great guest speakers to come in with this group and, and teach about how to advocate and what sort of change is possible and really come up with that idea um, and work to enact it all at the same time too. <laughs> um, yeah. It's making me think back, you know, having watched The Hunting Ground and mm -hmm. been able to see how powerful students can be when they work together to really make changes on their campuses. Um, and I, I feel like this could be the start of something really, really wonderful because you're going to have folks connected from all over the country, not just like one campus or one place. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. And I think, you know, in my experience doing this work, that a lot of my hope in the movement comes from survivors and working and hearing from them directly. Um, their, their strength, their resilience, the, the way they demand to be heard and demand accountability of their institutions and, and the people doing harm. Um, and we, in all things, we have to listen to them um, and be guided by them. And so, yeah, I'm excited to get to work closely with this group of student survivors that is out there now um, and to listen to what they have to say and to find ways to bring their ideas to life. So how can survivors who are interested get involved? So when this comes out, um, our applications should be out there in the world. We're launching early September and we'll have a couple weeks that we'll be taking in applications and it'll explain the whole process. We'll have the syllabus out there as well so that folks know coming in like what the commitment is and what the program is going to look like. 
Um, we know college students are exceptionally busy <laughs> at all times um, and just want you know, any survivors to have all the information going in um, if this is something they'll be interested in. So we'll be putting it out there, website, social media, all the places. So I know this project in particular, um, you were kind of presented with a loose idea and you've been able to conceptualize it and, you know, plan it and bring it into fruition. And so I'm wondering what are some of your hopes and dreams for this program and what you see like a year from now? What are you hoping to have happened? Yeah, so this is, we're calling it like a pilot year of this program because it's been just putting ideas down on paper. And an, a big part of this that's important to me is that it's participatory and that it's kind of an emergent program where we're creating the framework, we're creating the syllabus, we're gonna have an idea of what we're doing and what we want to do. And we also wanna make sure these 25 folks joining us have a say in what that looks like. Um, we know, especially with survivors, that we want to create spaces that give back as much power um, and control in in all things. And so, again, the whole idea is that I don't have the answers myself. Iraq doesn't have all the answers. So what we don't know all the questions to ask, um, but hoping that survivors will come alongside us and help steer this program. Um, from you know, big picture stuff to the details and hopefully kind of come the end of the academic year, we have a better picture of, of what that is. And we've talked about wanting to do like an, a big in-person summit maybe next summer when hopefully COVID is under better wrap, um, but wanting to create more spaces and, and maybe we can grow this. We know that the United States is a big place <laughs> and, um, you know, maybe there'll be regional groups or something, but um, I just, yeah, I think there's a lot of possibility um, in where this could go guided by the survivors that get involved with us. Absolutely. And there is so much power in having a collective of folks who can be working together. So I am so excited to see where this project goes. And yeah, you can definitely sign up if you're interested and want to be involved. Yes. Great. So is there anything else that you want to share with us about EROC or what folks should know about how to get involved, stay in touch? Yeah. Please follow us. We're at End Rape on Campus, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can sign up on our website for emails that, that we put out as well, announcing things or any calls for volunteers. Um, so that's a great way to, to stay in touch with what we have going on. And you're welcome to reach out to us if you've got ideas or um, things that you're seeing. You know, we're happy to, to talk with folks and hear from survivors, certainly. Um, yeah. Great. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us to talk about all of the work that is happening at End Rape on campus and letting folks know how they can get involved. Thank you so much, Jackie. It's great to talk with you. You too.
All right, that's all the time we have today, but thanks for listening to this episode of PA Centered. You can learn more at endrapeoncampus.org. If you or a loved one needs help, a local sexual assault center is available 24-7. Call 1-888-772-7227 for more information or find your local center online at pcar.org. Together, we can end sexual violence. Any views or opinions expressed on PA Centered by staff or their guests are solely their own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of PCAR or PCAR's funders. 